Okay, I'll explain them really quickly. So to get you to pop up, there are little buttons that I have to make on OBS. Those buttons then have little eyeballs next to them that you cross out or you don't cross out to make them visible or not visible. So I have a ton of buttons on my normal scene one, and I've started to make individual scenes for the thing I'm doing. Like like the Horrible Game Awards had its own thing, so it was easy. I just clicked on it, and then all the little buttons I needed was there. But I still have this jumbled mess as my original thing. So when I was switching over to us, I didn't want to make another display capture button. So I was clicking through things, trying to find one that would just bring your face up. Oh. And I, I found one for Phil because, because when, when we do it, we do it in a call. So the, yeah. the, the button has to be the specific window. So like I have a button for just you and me because it's just in our private messages. Mm-hmm. But if it's on all three of us, that button doesn't work anymore because it's not with just you. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's a new window. So I had to find one with both of you, but I, f- I found it. So I feel vindicated. Aren't you happy I explained that I'm, to you now? I was mm-hmm. going to say, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very happy for you. You kept, you kept asking. You kept asking. Well, that's, you are, that was, you that was are correct. On I you. did. I definitely did you. ask. That was all <laughs> you. You caused that information dump. All right, let's do this. Uh, going in. Three, two, one. Time to get your fix. It's a horrible gaming podcast. It's not good. It's not great. Horrible gaming podcast. It's not even what you would call fair. It's really not that good. Gaming Podcast. Hello, my name is Zach Rye with Old Man Gaming. You, dear listener, have decided for whatever reason to listen to another horrible gaming podcast with me. I am not alone with me is. Neil A.K. Tiny Wizard. And we are joined by a special guest. Uh, guest, guest. A special, a special guest. Look, guys, I'm going to be honest with you. We've done a lot of recording today. You're going to have to give me some leeway. Uh, this is this is our holiday run. We are at the very end of our holiday run. This is the last thing we're recording. Everybody's tired. Bear with us, ladies and gentlemen. The Triforce is complete. We have a special guest up in the corner. You're seeing him. Yo, what's up, old man fam? Phil Billy three three. Uh, so yeah, so this is our last show of the year. You will have already seen the horrible game awards last year. I'm sorry, last yes, hopefully last year, but last week. <laughs> yeah. Again, last thing we're recording tonight. <laughs> um, this show will be the last. Oh, actually, this will be the first show. This will be the, the first show. first show of the new year. Whoopsie! This will be the first show in the of January. Just so you guys know, we will not. None of this is live. We've recorded this halfway through December, uh, so that's why you're not going to hear fan traction. You're not going to hear news. Um, also, don't worry. I'm collecting all the fan traction. First episode back will probably be an absolutely asininely huge fan traction one, uh, but. I'm collecting it all. Still type your messages, comments. I'll get them in there. I promise. But we got to take some time off over the uh, uh, holidays, especially when those holidays basically fall on Sunday when we record. <laughs> so we're pre-recording this and, of course, the Horrible Game Awards. So this this show is pre-recorded. Just to let you know, it will probably uh, it will hopefully be a short show for our sanities. Um, what we're going to do today is our year in review. We're going to each kind of name something bad we didn't like, something good we liked, and then something we're looking forward to in 2024. But before we get into that, we have to thank the people who made this podcast possible. Behind our ugly mugs, you see a custom graphic that was provided by Mr. Mark Bell. We thank him for that. The theme song for this show was provided by the man who makes the music, my brother, Nick Van Siders. We thank him for that. I hear those words in my sleep. I've said them so much. I just want to say that. Five years of saying those sentences back to back. It's just burned. Just put it on my tombstone, like Zachariah behind his ugly mug. (laughs) Okay, well, with that out of the way, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with the show. Horrible Gaming Podcast. 
Ladies and gentlemen, like I said, no fan traction today, no news. We're just doing our year interview. 2023. We do this show every year. It's a little bit different every year, I think. But but this year, but we do something like this every year. And I think that 2023 was a hell of a year. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. I think let's start with positive, then do our negative, then go with our positive of what we're looking forward to. So we kind of sandwich the negative and the positive, I think. I think everybody's all right good. with that. So Phil, what's your first like huzzah moment? Your uh your up for the uh the year of 2023. Honestly, uh, to no one's surprise, I'm sure it was it was just Baldur's Gate coming out um with the great success that it was as I played through you know, I've been playing this game for what around two years with the early access and stuff and um just having it be such a a success um was really like the best part of uh the year for me um i and i just i love the game It, it it it's great i mean nothing's perfect obviously everything has its faults but it's the closest i've ever gotten to what in my opinion is my perfect game Mm. i on that subject i will say this (laughs) everybody out there is going to have to excuse us a little bit because you all have already seen the horrible game awards you know how much we talked about Baldur's gate 3 there we just recorded basically half that show right before this. So as much as I agree with Phil and love that game, I almost never want to talk about that game again. Yeah, uh, no. But uh, we've talked about it so much at nauseum yeah, ju- yeah. just in the last two hours. Uh, but I will say this. That game was phenomenal. It was an absolute hit, and it blew me away. And... Of all the games I was expecting to get to this year, uh, I'm, I'm, I wasn't expecting to love a game as much, if not more, than Skyrim. Like, and this game was like truly like a Skyrim killer for me. It was just, and I never thought it would be. Like, you were into it for a really long time, and I remember at the beginning of the year, you were like, "Are you ever going to get that game?" And I was like, "I, I didn't will- think you would." I was very surprised that you did. I. I'm not going to lie, I, t- I told a little fib to you, because I, I basically said, I-, I might get it, and in my head, I'm like, I'm probably never going to get that, like, <laughs> like in my head, like, D&D, and I don't know, sometimes, I've, I've expressed my irritation with CRPGs sometimes, uh, and I love them, I think they're cool games, my problem is, I hit that fight where I lose after an hour and a half, and I'm like, nope, I'm done, I'm never coming back here, I don't want to do this. Uh, and Baldur's Gate is so good, it bypasses any of those feelings. When it did come out and it released and the world got set fucking on fire by it, I was like, all right, I can't not buy this. I remember trying not to buy it, and uh, I actually bought it with birthday money that Phil gave me. Uh, I was hoping you would, actually, when I gave you that. I'm like, You gave it to me, and I was like, all right, I guess I, I, guess I could try it. And then I was like... This is a Skyrim killer. This is absolutely... This is the game I'm going to be playing for the next 10 years off and on forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Any, yeah. any Anything to add, Neil? Well, yeah. I mean, definitely when we're talking about this... Talking about Baldur's Gate. I mean, we have... It's funny. It's like... It's like how we were with Cyberpunk, but in the opposite direction. Because uh, yeah, when for Cyber- you guys, yeah, yeah for when Cyberpunk came out, it was mm-hmm. just like nightmare after nightmare after nightmare with it, and it's just like I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. It was, it was we we eventually had like a, a temporary policy put in place to where if anything <laughs> happened with it, we just wouldn't talk about it. We wouldn't mm-hmm. acknowledge it. If we did, it would just be a quick mention, and that was it. Um, that said, with this, with Baldur's Gate, I mean, it's you cannot stop talking about it Mm-mm. because of how expansive it is. Uh, all the, all of the things put into it. Like, uh, I think what actually sold me on the game was it was a Facebook reel 
And the caption on it was something like, this is what happens when you uh, when you pay your uh, voice actors an appropriate wage for their job. And all it was was something happening to where uh, like a cliffside or something falls on a Styrian and kills him. And you bring him back and then talk to him afterwards, and he flips whole shit on you. Uh, the fact that that was something that was programmed into a game is absolute yeah. insanity. Yeah. And then that very first encounter, the, the, the first main encounter that I had after the, uh, after the Nautiloid crashed and everything like that, uh, seeing there was a, uh, there was like a, uh, chandelier or something above a plaza and if you shot that it, it was would like fall a rock. down it was a rock yeah. Yeah. or a rock or something yeah you yeah. shot that it would fall down and crash through the ground it would kill anybody who was there and create a death pit yeah like that's the shit that they programmed into this game mm -hmm. the love care and attention time and effort that was put into this game shows yeah. it was so good that other publishers are terrified of it so much so that they're like this isn't the norm don't get used to this yeah. this isn't going to be all games moving forward uh hey, which might not be the norm but it's the bar <laughs> it's not the norm you don't get to bar. decide the and bar and i think and i think that right there simplifies all of that that is now the bar mm -hmm. um this indie team set the bar uh -huh. for triple a yeah. With this game. Yeah. Which is pretty fucking upstanding. Uh, that's a good one. We're out of the Baldur's Gate 3 talk now. Again, I love the game. <laughs> no, no, no. I knew you were going to say it, so that's why I went to you first. I'm like, let's just fucking do it. <laughs> and, and I do want to say to everybody, again, our exhaustion is not with Baldur's Gate 3. It's just we have been recording for already about an hour and a half, and uh, most of the conversation has been about Baldur's Gate 3. So... Um, so Neil, what, what's your, what's your first, uh, good, you're good. What's your good for this year? You know, I honestly, mine's a little bit more meta. Um, Ooh, meta. I, I had hoped and prayed and I had talked about for like the past two years, man, I really hope that 2023 is like a repeat of the 2016 that we had with massive, killer games coming out and sure enough uh notwithstanding you know all of the bs and shenanigans with acquisitions and terrible companies doing terrible things we look strictly at the games this year was chock-a-block full to the point that i didn't even get i have shit from uh, i got uh for christmas last year I got the Final Fantasy VII uh, Crisis Core remake for the PS5. I haven't even opened mm -hmm. because there's just been so much. We hit the ground running with games this year. Fantastic releases. Good gaming shows uh, with The Last of Us, mm. Twisted Metal, um, you know, we had the Super Mario Brothers movie that I'll be honest, I was terrified that was going to be absolute hot garbage until I watched it. Um, I, honestly, I this year has been outstanding and phenomenal, and I'm not even mad that it sounds like 2024 is going to be kind of uh, sparse <laughs> in releases because I've not had any time to devote to stuff, even for fuck's sake the god of war uh ragnarok uh expansion uh -huh. came out the free dlc that actually expands on the story uh, -huh. uh and is an entirely new roguelite game which roguelite is not something that i am like super into uh -huh. but you know it, it's they're they're putting that stuff in other things developers are be it triple a or indie they're starting to take more risks being more creative a little bit i just hope that that continues moving forward um and i almost feel like something like call of duty's kind of womp womp sort of launch 
uh, is emblematic. It's been a pretty of, big womp womp. Yeah, yeah, it is is pretty emblematic of you know how crazy this year is. The fact that Call of Duty, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> the the fact I had to that make your face of, invisible to do it, but yeah. <laughs> the fact it. that Call of Duty, I, I don't even think Call of Duty got nominated for anything mm-hmm. at Keeley's Winter Fuck Fest. No, uh, it wasn't even mentioned in ours. Uh, this is the it, first like, year in a while that it didn't. It wasn't like yeah, one selling game. That's how crazy all of these games are this past year. I just I, I love the 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 launches this year. Even the stuff that wasn't even you know the top tier stuff. There was still stuff that was relatively okay to good. I will echo that. I do think that there was a lot of. The, uh, the difference between this one in 2016 for me was the fact that we had, like, I felt like every one of these good releases had some sort of little controversy behind it. You know, the mm-hmm. the Capcom Street Fighter Six thing, like the game yeah. was really good, but then you had all that weird microtransaction shit, and then, you know, like, like all of them had something weird with it, which just kept it from being as good as that. But as far as years go, this has been a phenomenal year for gaming, especially when you look back on the last two years before it, you know, the, the COVID age basically where we were just in game deserts. I think that like, it was a really good year for both indie games, for both, uh, triple a games, as far as like high level stuff, I think indie game more than anything. Cause if you really look at the, the true accomplishments this year, they were all indie games, maybe with AAA publishers, but like all indie developers uh, uh, coming out the gate and, and just making it so fun. It, I definitely have a backlog. I don't have enough time to play everything. So yeah, I'm kind of with you on the I hope next year is a little bit slow almost. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh... So, Phil, did you want to add anything to that, or should I do my up? I mean, you pretty much covered it. Like, it's just been a crazy year with a lot of quality games that were released, and it's kind of been, uh, you know, a fresh uh, welcome uh, thing with the fact that, at least in my opinion, the past few years have been kind of lackluster. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's about it. All right, so I got to give it up. It's hard. It's hard. You guys have named a lot of ups already. I, I, I'm going to say my up would definitely be Remnant 2. Uh, because Remnant 2 for me was one of the few games that I was hyped about that came out and it uh lived up to its hype um and i paid for pre for uh for pre-play which i almost never do i speak against it mostly but i actually played for early access on that one and i actually didn't regret it i loved playing it i loved that game start to finish and uh for me that was one of the hits uh, you also come off like Age of Wonders 4. That was just awesome that we didn't even get to talk about in the Game of the Year Awards because it's just... When you have a year that's so good that games get buried, it's crazy. You know, that that good games get buried. It's crazy. So I don't know that, that it gets better for me than, than Remnant 2 other than possibly Baldur's Gate 3, but we have already talked about that at length. Um, so for gaming, for me, I think that that was my other high point was Remnant 2, really. And just just seeing it just kick ass in every way, shape, or form that it needed to. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, you know, you make mention of games getting buried. There there were games that got buried. Mm -hmm. There were games, tons and tons of games that got buried and overshadowed and everything. Yeah, of course, that stuff happens all the time. Mm -hmm. But we're talking about games that were like even solid eights, even sevens. I almost am, am willing to wager that if something like Starfield had come out next <laughs> year when there's not a whole hell of a lot going done on a lot better yeah. i i think it could have 
I think it really could have because there's if games. If it was last year, it would have been a contender. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing is like there are games that are just so there are games that are just so titanic that they overshadow everything else. And if there's something else that is good or okay and doesn't stand up to that, it's going to be seen as not great, mediocre or anything like that. Not saying that, you know, (laughs) it would have made it any different had it launched at Uh a different point in time. But I think we may have regarded it differently, at least in the uh, discussions on the year. Yeah. I, I think one thing that I really liked, too, was the fact that there were no really big delays on any of the big games that we wanted to see. There was a couple here and there, but like, you know, previous years, it felt like every time we get close to a big game release, it would be delayed out like six months, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. But but like a lot of these games, they were like, hey, here's the game, and it's coming out this year, and it did, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well, let's go negative. Phil, what's your nag? Uh, honestly, Neil kind of mentioned it. Um, I'm going to say Starfield, and it's not because of Starfield necessarily. Mm -hmm. What it is is it's the fact that um, the way Starfield released kind of shows me that my problem as as of late with large developers has been that I feel their games are rushed, uh, not even time-wise. Like, it's it's like they're sitting there doing a math equation, being like, like just looking at monies, not what their product has to offer the consumer, mm-hmm. which is isn't special to gaming. It's it's kind of just the way a lot of large companies tend to function. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, I feel that what the way Starfield came out being hyped up as, you know, the next, the next huge open world, amazing, you know, masterpiece and then releasing to what it was, um, unfortunately shows me that we are in a place where, I will not allow myself to get excited for any um, giant, you know, developers' mm-hmm. uh, games anymore. And it's it's a real bummer, and I'm hoping that maybe um, companies like... I, I always hope that maybe companies like Larian's success, you know, being a kind of a, a nobody developer to most people and having these big companies see their success will turn that around and unfortunately i'm just not sure that that's how that works especially when um these big guys uh they they tend to blame the consumer on the lack of success of their own titles well, if that I, makes sense. I look, I I definitely want to jump in on this. I'm glad you brought this up. I think this year was kind of the rise of the indies that you didn't realize was indies. I mean, almost every one of the games that you know we talk about that are big and huge this year, they were actually indie developers with either AAA publishers or by themselves. Larian was an independent developer. Uh, Gunfire Games, independent publishing through Gearbox, but independent not owned by anybody um i I, even uh i'm trying to think of another one and i'm losing my brain but but like i think that the crash is a real thing because you look at those triple a and those first party studios their games quality goes down and it becomes more and more about financial gain and microtransactions while you have games like Baldur's Gate, you have games like Remnant 2, which are very clearly balanced. Like, they're there to make money. Everybody wants to make money, but they're much more like, here's the game, here's what you're getting with it. 
Uh, we're not trying to cram money down your throat. You know what I mean? The, the focus of a lot of these things are like, how do we make money? Starfield, I don't think, has the microtransactions, but at the same time, it definitely feels like, what were you guys thinking? How many cooks did we have in this pot? Like, like it's it's aggressively okay for a game that's supposed to be a masterpiece. And I feel like you either have these companies that are trying to take you for everything, or you have these companies that are just resting on their laurels and just like, here's another Starfield game, but it's got planets now, you know? Or, or I'm sorry, another uh, Skyrim game, but it's got planets now or whatever. Uh, so much so that, you know, Monster Hunter Wilds was announced at the Game Awards, the next Monster Hunter game. And, you know, I, a lot of people went crazy for it. Honestly, I was like, I'm not getting excited for it. Capcom's a shitty-ass company, and while the Monster Hunters haven't been terrible with their shit, I don't trust them as far as I can throw them, and you didn't show me any gameplay in this. And that's just sad that we're at that point where the AAA guys show us stuff, and we're like, who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, uh, it, it's funny that we're kind of touching on this because I kind of want to half segue into my negative one sure. for the year on sure. this. There's so, no I rules mean, on this show. <laughs> There's no rules. So, yeah, Starfield kind of was was billed as, and, and not even kind of, actually. I'm going to completely take that back. It was Microsoft's billing of... Like, this is our big first-party thing, because we own Bethesda now. Originally, it was Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite didn't work out too well for them, so they completely dropped all the Halo uh, marketing stuff mm -hmm. and started pivoting towards Starfield. Um, well, that didn't work, so what are they going to do next? Uh, apparently, it's going to be buy an entire other company, to put under their umbrella and call their own. Um, this year was completely overshadowed by in all of the great games and everything that was happening. It was all about this acquisition um, between Microsoft and Activision Blizzard, yeah. the court case going international with it. Um, you know, now there's questions of, well, it went through after making concessions and everything like that. But what does that mean for Activision? What does that mean for Sony's future with Activision games? What does it mean for exclusivity anymore? You know, is Microsoft going to stop? Like, it's the, the, the purchasing of massive swaths of everything kind of leads more into your idea of the crash. Mm -hmm. You know, when you first started talking about this, this crash, I want to say it was about two years ago is the first time I think yeah, I remember maybe, you maybe mentioning two and a half somewhere in there, something yeah. like that. The first time I remember you mentioning like that we're careening towards a crash at that point in time, I was like, I mean, I could see it, but I don't Tim know Foyle how much hat. of a reality. Yeah. It, I didn't know how much of a reality it was, but now it is straight up and down. Like you mentioned before, like we are careening towards a singularity mm -hmm. uh, where everything is just all one single solitary publisher. But that's the thing is there is there is an unequal equation being made here of well we have all the games we have all the publishers so surely that means it's something it's like it's almost like they're trying to play a like a mm -hmm. the law of averages you know yeah. they're gonna throw all this crap at the wall and then when they're out they're gonna buy a whole nother box of pasta and boil that up and throw it on the wall and see mm -hmm. if they can get anything to stick and what's gonna happen is it's it's what i think is funny is you know we have the new call of duty came out this year and we kind of alluded to before that you know was not really there this year sure it came out but it didn't make the waves that it normally did and this is in the year that microsoft closes the activision deal oh. to purchase it so is it like one of those things to where well it's just an emblematic of what's to come or i mean who knows crazier shit has happened what if they intentionally made that one shitty to be like oh well you see we aren't making money with it so you know uh, this activision de deal for us isn't that bad I anyway you know 
the emails and everything that came out mm-hmm. in regard to you know the the actual acquisition basically proving that Phil Spencer was lying in wait for the time to strike when Activision was most vulnerable. Um, all the trash going on with all these other developers too, with Ubisoft barely putting anything out like that was the second story of the year. If we did not have amazing games this year, that would have been the main narrative. You know, it, it, we're, we're really in trouble when people look at my tinfoil hat and go, yeah, I think I might want to try that on. Uh, <laughs> like yeah. we're, we're in trouble and I think we are in trouble because my crazy ass crash idea is good. We're getting a lot closer to that. Activision, <laughs> not even just that you look at all the other emails that, uh, Xbox came out with where they were just, they were literally just trying to buy anybody. They were just like, fuck it. We've mm-hmm. got the money. Sega, you want to get bought? Nintendo, you want to get bought? Like Nintendo, that was the wild Insane things. In, well, and I, I'm, I'm almost surprised Nintendo said no, honestly. I mean, how much money did they throw at them? Like, I don't know. I just, I think that there is this, I, I think you have a problem with that AAA market. I'm glad you brought this up because I wasn't going to talk about the acquisition. I specifically was like, no, I'm not going to do that to myself today. But <laughs> since you brought it up, uh, I think you have a, you have AAA developers and their only question is how. is is It's never should, it's could. And that's it. They just keep doing the could and never the should. And... They have more money than they know what to do with. They have more money and they have no checks and balances. There's nobody saying don't do this. Nobody saying stop this. Nobody stepping in against them. Anytime anybody does, they get bought off. Like it's absolute nightmare wild west. And while for a while that seems good, it ends in an apocalypse. Okay. So like. I just feel like all of these companies that you're going to hit a point where they're spending more money than they can possibly recoup on the games. And then you're going to start seeing these companies go down. Hell, you've got Embracer right now who was buying every company and their brother last year. Now they're firing everybody because because a $2 billion deal with Saudi Arabian princes didn't go through. (laughs) <laughs> like just look at that like that sounds insane to me like that that's mm-hmm. that that's what we're looking at but that's the reality of what's happening to them so why were you buying that many companies to begin with if if you were that destitute like and there was no money coming in that's the problem with these companies there's none of them are going maybe we shouldn't spend all our money right now they're not and and then they're just trying to rely on the next big game like it doesn't matter how much we've spent we're gonna sell enough there's not enough people on the planet to recoup the costs of games like skull and bones which i'm gonna go ahead and i know phil's got to talk about yours but i'll segue into my negative one because my negative one is ubisoft it's just ubisoft in general like everything they did four years ago when five years ago when i started this program ubisoft was my favorite developer Oh, how times have changed. Yeah. They're my favorite developer. Absolute favorite developer. They released every game I wanted to play. I was always excited about their games. I loved everything they were doing. They stuck with their games. For Honor is only around because they were devoted to it. Remember that? Rocky-ass fucking Mm -hmm. bullshit launch. And now that's... a decent game that still has a following. Rainbow Six Siege. Like, they they produced uh, games of service that were actually good and not shit all over you. And, and you know, I was excited when we'd see the, Ubi, the Ubisoft shows. Like, I was excited to see those trailers. They haven't released a game in, like, two years. <laughs> they just closed betas of game. And now Skull and Bones, a game... That I have a very tortured experience, uh, existence with. Like I am, I am inexorably tied to this game to the point where I almost feel like I have to buy it when it comes out. Like I've talked about it <laughs> so much that there's just no way I can't not play it. And the only way I'm going to play it is if I pay sixty dollars for a free to play. It's a free to play game, guys. It's a free to play game. Should be a free to play game. I mean, at least it's not seventy. 
but 60 fucking dollars, and it's only available on the Epic Store, which, God, I'd rather just swallow a bunch of razors. But I'm going to tell you right now, that's, that's my big problem is Ubisoft. Once, to me, they were the kings, and now they're just a company of... First of all, they all seem to be perverts, perverts and abusive shits. So that's we all know how much I don't like that. And then you 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 fucking so into that that they don't release games; they just release trailers for stuff. It just drives me nuts. Uh, but I'm sorry, Phil. I wanted to merge those together because it was just a good segue. So you no, can speak on both of them. I mean, I don't have a ton to say about them. <laughs> I mean, it's. You guys pretty much said it all. I mean, <laughs> we are long-winded. And it, and it he's kind saying of, we talk too much, guys. <laughs> uh, it it, it kind of goes with my negative, you know. It, yeah. It's funny how they all kind of kind of coalesce. Negative yeah. synchronicity. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, without one, you can't have the other. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Horrible gaming podcast. Uh, but let's bring it back to the positive to wrap this show up. So everybody, I want everybody, we're going to pick one thing we're absolutely super psyched and looking forward to next year. Uh, maybe to play, maybe it's a game, maybe it's an experience, maybe it's a movie about a game, something along those lines. What's your 2024? What's your excitement level for 2024? What, wh- where does it lie Phil Billy, you can start us off since you started us off. Unless you want somebody else to start off. No, you're good. Um, so as far as new games that I believe will come out at least, um, would be... Wow. I'm, what am I drawing that blank, guys? I, I made the prediction that it would release uh, oh. next year. Um, the the open world... Uh, um, um. Shit. Avowed. Yes, avowed. Avowed. Yeah. I had to pull up the sticky note. <laughs> I, I would be very uh, excited if that were to come out. Because um, I've kind of been excited for that game since it's been announced. Um, but other than that, really, my excitement is just in my backlog. Like, mm. there's so many games that I... Like, I just had a... First off, Baldur's Gate is a beast of a game mm-hmm. that I'll probably be playing for years, but I at least need to finish one playthrough before <laughs> I have, you know, jump off of it. Um, and then also uh, Rogue Trader. I mean, that's technically just came out this year, but it's, it's so close, close to yeah. next year. And it was after all our awards and stuff. But again, that's going to be another beast. So you almost need that. I I almost need a lull of <laughs> of, of a year to try to because I really want to play Rogue Trader. I really want to play uh, Remnant Two. Mm-hmm. Um, I would really like to jump into Hogwarts. I don't know if I'd love that game or not, but it looks interesting to me. There's just so much. So much more that I would like to do than I have time for. So I could, I guess I'm excited for a lull, uh, 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 good games, <laughs> I guess, because because 2023 was so packed with them. I would like to finish War Tales. I really loved that game. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, pretty simple. But that that that's what it boils down one. to for me. That's a good one. A lull would be nice. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue that a lull would be wonderful to to experience. Uh, yeah, yeah. I will say I've got a lot of games wish listed that are supposedly coming out next year that I'm very interested in. So, <laughs> so yeah. while we keep talking about this lull, there's at least eleven games in my Steam wish list, and at least four of them who haven't come out yet. So, um, yeah. Uh, if you have nothing to add to that, Neil, go ahead and do your excited one. Your excited uh, so, yeah, no, I don't really have a whole lot to add to that. Um, I will say my uh, I am excited for this year uh, is going to be what uh, I'm very curious as to what Nintendo has up their sleeves. Mm. Um, 
so they had, you know, Tears of the Kingdom came out, and sure, we had Pikmin for for whatever that's worth uh, for, you know, a big Nintendo launch. This year is supposed to be bringing us the uh, the launch of the new Nintendo Switch hardware. In fact, I just saw a rumor earlier today it's not that happening. the uh, huh? It's not happening. I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I mean, I very well it very well could not happen. But even if it's not just n- barring the hardware side of things. Mm-hmm. I feel like Nintendo is prime for something major. Yeah. Um, now I'm going to stop short of I'm going to stop short of predicting the announcement of Metroid Prime. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it was coming. I'm not, not going to do that for a third year in a row, fourth year in a row, something along those lines. Oh, um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let that be there. But you know, we uh we got. Super Mario Brothers Wonder, you know, mm-hmm. sure, but I feel like there's Wonder wasn't a console seller. Tears of the Kingdom, if it was on the new Switch hardware, would have been a console seller, but everybody basically already had a Switch. They didn't have the attachment rate like they did with Breath of the Wild to some it was something stupid like for every single Switch console, there was one and a half copies of Tears of the Kingdom, or Breath of the Wild, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was pretty one-to-one on the Switch with all of that, for the most part. I'm expecting something along the lines of a new, uh, like, a, a new 3D Mario adventure, or, yeah. you know, something else along those lines. Um, we I have, you know, know, that... that uh, Super Princess Peach thing coming mm-hmm. out, which uh, is different, but I don't know if we'd put that in the same realm. You know, we do have the remake of Thousand Year Door, which mm-hmm. is a remake, not necessarily a new game. Uh, maybe we have an announcement of a brand new Paper Mario this year. You know, maybe we have something along those lines. It may, a new Mario Party. Um, yeah, that might be. It's basically said that. Uh, Re reconfirmed that Smash is basically done, mm-hmm. so probably not that. Uh, I I feel like Nintendo's ready for uh, another big thing, be it a console launch or something else. I I also think we could get a new uh, Mario Kart, new Mario Kart, even yeah, yeah, because they've been doing the, the DLC, but we are like many say, years out from Mario Kart and Mario Kart. That's one thing they did because the Mario Kart that everybody lo- that's had this DLC forever actually started on Wii U. So yeah, like and that, that could be a perfect transitioner, you know. And the DLC courses are done now too. Yeah. So Yeah. I could see that. I I don't like I said, I it's on my predictions. I don't think we get any new Nintendo hardware next year. And as far as rumors go, with Nintendo rumors take it with a grain of salt anymore because we, we we've been hearing about the next nintendo console for the last like three years so like i mean we've been hearing those rumors constantly they almost yeah. never pan out i think that um i think we are getting close i just think it'll be 2025 not 2024 and i think we'll get some steady game releases next year i think we'll get a lot more remakes and remasters uh, sparsely put in with other games that will be easy to transfer over to the next one, such as a Mario Kart. I don't think we'll get another 3D Mario until we get the next system, uh, personally. But I really do think we could even get like something crazy like a Zelda Anniversary Collection or something. I think that would be a really interesting one. If they, re- nice. if they remastered the original like uh, two games and put them together, that would be really interesting and cool. Um... Okay, so, uh, no, wait, Phil, anything you want to add to the Nintendo thing? No, no, you're good. All right. Mine is a game. I actually was going to say a game that neither one of you have ever heard of called Mirthwood, and I'm going to mention it here because I edit all the shows and I can do that. Um, but, (laughs) But Mirthwood looks really interesting to me. It's just this really, like dumbed down kind of hand-drawn game but the it's like a stardew valley but with 
the ability to also do quests and stuff and like you could be an adventurer you could be a bandit you could be a farmer like full freedom sort of thing uh you can have romance have family and stuff like that it just looks really cool to me i love games like that especially with procedural generation thrown into the mix so i'm very excited for that but that that got usurped pretty fast at the game awards by light no fire light no fire has me just jonesing for more information on it. Every day I check to see if we have released, if somebody's released more information, which I'm glad he's not because Sean Murray's biggest problem with No Man's Sky was overpromising. And yeah, he wouldn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know what's funny? And I'm pretty sure it's an odds and ends for when we do a normal show so people will already have heard this because we're recording it out of order. But uh, he, he's been making a joke of himself on Twitter about that, which I think is hysterical like since it come out like people have been like sean murray don't overpromise stuff and then he'll be stuff like, he'll say something like he'll post a meme like like it'll be like a kid like don't overpromise stuff and then he'll just like start ripping off his clothes and then writes in all the things that he's already promised there like like stuff like like how do you not promise it i think that uh here's the thing about that though Yes, they made some mistakes from No Man's Sky. They very obviously learned from them. They very obviously have, uh, uh, like, like come back from the brink. Um, and they have changed kind of their formula, their formatting, how they do things. I think that this game is basically done at this point because this is how No Man's Sky likes to release stuff now. I think a big problem with No Man's Sky originally is they started telling people about this game real early in its development. It took another like five, six years to come out. When it came out, it didn't have all the things that they had promised because they had to cut it back. Whereas every one of the updates for No Man's Sky since then uh, they have announced it a month or two before it comes out, and then it comes out in perfect condition. So they work on it, they finish it, then they announce it, then they release it. I think that they have learned from their mistakes in the beginning, and I think that's what we're looking at No at Light No Fire. I think they've already got a complete game here. They've already got it basically where they want it to be. Uh, they're announcing it. We're going to hear some more stuff about it, and it'll probably come out sometime next year. I would say probably second quarter but but it won't be super long from now and i think i think i hope fingers crossed it'll be good and then if they keep up with it like they did with no man's sky we will get untold awesome updates from it forever plus it's a fantasy world i love the idea of procedurally generating a full-sized earth uh that you interact with he also keeps talking about true open world which to me means that like the map isn't full of dumbass collectibles like an Ubisoft open world, but instead you can actually, like, talk to the NPCs and influence the actual world uh, just through, you know, communication and action, which would be really fucking cool instead of, like, there's shit all over your map. Go there and do a checklist, you know? Uh, so I'm very excited about it. I'm really excited to see what it, what, what it's going to be, and uh, it's definitely the thing that's got it's just got my blood pumping. I can't wait to hear more about it. Fair enough. Will definitely be interesting. Uh, I I want to see what their we they've already made mention of what their scope is going to be mm -hmm. uh, with it, but I want to see how how much that the meta influence of that is going to be tied to, you know, what happened with No Man's Sky. Yeah. I, like, I really if think... they intentionally tailored the scope to be such a way to where they either can't over-promise or uh, it maybe even in such a way hold themselves back. Yeah. I mean, they really turned it around with the next update when it came to mm -hmm. Xbox. And if you compare the trailer for Light No Fire to the next update, uh, even the way that the trailer is put together is the same thing. They have a formula now. Like, it worked on that next update, and since then they've been doing it. Uh, it's just whether or not they can efficiently apply that to a full game release. You know, instead of just updates. I'm hoping they can. They've been working on this game for five years. He already said that. And uh, I think that they're... I, I think it's going to be really good. 
I mean, either way, even if I buy it and it sucks, I will at least know that it will be good <laughs> eventually, because Hello Games is the only company I think truly brought their game back with a level of success and grace that I respect, you know? Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, so that wraps it up. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we don't even need to take a break. Okay, we don't need to plug. This is the first show of the year. We've been doing plugs. You guys have heard us plug. We're plugged out. We're plugged out. Go see Baldur's Gate 330 with Phil Billy. Uh, Redfall Down's done. I'm sure we've got a streams done for the last 03. Watch our podcast. Watch our shit. I do games and dumb shit on the internet. Just watch one of those things. Okay? We're tired. Just we've been recording. It. We've been recording for what seems like forever. We're going to be done now. So I'm going to tell you guys, you can reach us on Facebook at OmanGamingDH, on Twitter at OmanGaming9. You can join our Discord. The link is in the description below. Influence this and all of our shows from there. I hope you guys have wonderful holidays, and I hope you guys have a wonderful 2024. We will be back next week with a show that we read fan, the normal show, fan traction and current events and all that stuff. Uh, so as long as you guys keep watching and listening, we'll keep making them. See you guys then. I think a kid just walked into the room. Is you scared me? Is it Aubrey? Genuine terror. That was genuine terror. It was genuine terror. I've had that with Stella. See me do it with Stella. They're so quiet when they walk in. Scary. What are you doing up, crazy? You have your headphones on. What are you doing up, Aubrey? Oh yeah, you got your headphones on. She can't hear me. I'm gonna just wave to her. Pause. It's funny you bring that up because is uh, it? Is it funny? On my, it is. On my way home from work today, I I decided I'd just call my mom, check on her and everything. And I realized when I got off the phone with her, I used my customer service goodbye. And I was like, <laughs> oh, God, because the holiday season's just an absolute fucking nightmare. I've and had that. She, she got off the phone, and I was like, all right, you have a good day, all right? And I'm like... I hung up, and that's how I left it. I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Are you that fucking is, kidding me right now?" I used to work for Ohio Realty Group, and I used to have to answer the phones every once in a while, like one day a week. I was like the secretary or whatever, um, and I would. I my answer was, "Hello, this is Ohio. Uh, hello, this is Ohio Realty Group. My name is Zach. How can I help you?" I cannot count the number of times I answered private phone calls. That way, like my wife would call, like Melissa would call me and be like, hello, this is Ohio Roots. Go, oh, shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> like halfway through. Have you ever told somebody you love them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I texted you I love you once by accident, <laughs> if I recall correctly, Phil. It's like, love you. I mean. <laughs> Dude, I've done, uh, I've done the thing where, like, this is embarrassing. I did it to one of my sisters. I don't remember which one. <laughs> but when I, when I like, hang up with the girls, I'll say, mwah, you know? And I did it to one of my sisters. <laughs> like, I blew them a kiss. Oh, 